Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Now the Lord has spoken, who formed me as his servant from the womb. Uh, The church begins to draw out, as we enter into ordinary time, all of the um, little insights from the things that we just got done celebrating, Christmas and Epiphany and all those things. And so we start with Isaiah. And in the mouth of Isaiah, what we hear is Jesus speaking. It's a prophecy that's fulfilled in Jesus. And so then St. Paul in the second reading says, To you who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be holy, with all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Well, how does that work itself out? Uh, Psalm 40 uh, gives us this. Sacrifice or offering you wished not, but ears open to obedience you gave me. Holocaust or sin offerings you sought not. Then said I, behold, I come. In the written scroll it is prescribed for me to do your will, O God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. Sacrifice or offering you wished not. How can Jesus say this? How can the prophets say this? Go back and look at the sacred scriptures. Sacrifice and sin offerings and holocausts and burnt offerings and peace offerings, all of them are commanded by the Lord. Then what does he mean by sacrifice or offering you wished not? St. Augustine tells us that there are two parts of every act of religion. He's speaking specifically about sacrifice. There is the visible sacrifice, what is exterior to us. And then there is the invisible sacrifice, what is interior to us. God never cared for the smell of the slaughter of animals. He didn't put a certain kind of um, maybe numerical value on the difference between a dove and an ox. Those were never the point of all those things. They were meant to be exterior expressions, symbolic um, proclamations of what it is that God truly wants. My heart. The value of the sacrifice gains its value as a sign of what's going on in my heart. What's the problem for us humans in this? 
Well, we're sinners and liars and hypocrites. And what we do in religion doesn't always express what's deepest in our hearts. In fact, we can fool ourselves by going about external religious things and never allowing them to touch our hearts. So then what value do they have? But ears open to obedience you gave me. Uh, now, this translation follows the Masoretic text. And there's two translations of the versions of the Old Testament which are both of them uh, helpful to us. One is the Hebrew, the Masoretic text, and one is called the Septuagint. It's the Old Testament in Greek. Uh, up until we discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, there was a lot of emphasis put on the Hebrew version as <coughs> probably being the more authentic. <coughs> so whenever the old Septuagint didn't agree with the Hebrew Masoretic text, um, many scholars chose the Hebrew over the Greek. Once we found the Dead Sea Scrolls, lo and behold, we found out that in fact the Greek followed an older version of the Hebrew than the Masoretic text. In our New Testament, in St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 5, he quotes this psalm. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he's speaking of Jesus, he saith, Sacrifice and oblation thou wouldst not, but a body thou hast fitted to me. Holocaust for sin did not please thee. Then said I, Behold, I come. In the head of the book it is written of me that I should do thy will, O God. And saying before sacrifices and oblations and holocausts for sin, thou wouldest not, neither are they pleasing to thee, which are offered according to the law. Then said I, Behold, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish that which followeth. In the which will we are sanctified by the oblation of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Um, there's still something to be gained in the Masoretic Hebrew rendering of this. Ears open to obedience you gave me. When I was growing up, every once in a while, usually because I'd done something wrong, my mom would say to me, listen to me. What did she mean? Acknowledge that you hear the sound coming from my mouth? No, my mom meant, do what I'm telling you to do. It is in this, in the interior obedience of Christ to the will of the Father, and the carrying of it out, the offering of his body as a sacrifice that you and I are sanctified. 
And so we come to the gospel. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. What's he saying? Does he call Jesus a lamb? Um, because lambs are lovable and cute? Does he call Jesus a lamb because lambs are a symbol of innocence? Is that what he's saying? Uh, maybe. I think a better read of that is John the Baptist, whose father was a priest in the temple and offered sacrifices of animals, knew very well that the ritual observance that made them faithful Jews was the Passover lamb. What St. John the Baptist is saying when he says, Behold the Lamb of God, he's saying, Look everybody, here's the true victim. The Passover lamb, the animal sacrifices, all of the Holocaust, all of those things were mere shadows of the reality of the one sacrifice to come in Christ. And so in Jesus, all those old things are taken away. And we only need this one thing. Because in his sacrifice, the exterior and the interior are one. The liturgy, as it moves through the year, will over and over again in many different ways give expression to this one truth of our faith. In today's liturgy, the prayer that I will pray over the gifts. Grant us, O Lord, we pray, that we may participate worthily in these mysteries. For whenever the memorial of this sacrifice is celebrated, the work of our redemption is accomplished. Okay. When we talk about the celebration of Mass, what is it that we're doing? Why is it that we're here? Are we offering an additional sacrifice to the sacrifice of Jesus? Remember that it's once for all. How could that ever be redone? Was it lacking something? Is that why we come here? The church officially teaches, no, not at all. It's a perfect sacrifice. In fact, because it's a perfect sacrifice, no matter the state of your priest or your deacon, and on our side, no matter how faithful or obedient you guys are. If we actually carry out the liturgy the way that it's supposed to be done, it is always pleasing to God because it is the same sacrifice offered once for all. It is the same victim pointed out by John at the River Jordan 
Behold the Lamb of God. That is why the priest, before communion, holds up our uh, sacrifice and says, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. What is it that we're saying? Behold our victim by whom we are sanctified. And so the Mass is truly a sacrifice because it is that same victim. There's a unicity, a unity, a sameness in what we do with what Jesus instituted for the redemption of sin. So then we come to the word celebration. In my lifetime, I've watched people use this word celebration. Then to say, because it's a celebration, Father, it ought to look more like a party. Whatever is unworthy to be at the foot of the cross is unworthy to be in the celebration of that self-same sacrifice. And this is a difficulty that we get into. There are many Catholics who believe in God. They believe in Jesus, and they may even believe in the sacraments more or less. Because they do not have a deep understanding of our theology of redemption, of our theology of sacrifice, of the meaning of the liturgy, they very often want to include in the liturgy things that belong to the outside world. This is just a lack of understanding on their part. And they may not be at fault for it. It may just be our priest. Because it's not just people who do this. It is priests who do this. The liturgy is not about my preference. It is not about your preferences. It is about understanding on a very deep level what it is that we do so that we can make sure any of the decisions that are made around the liturgy are fitting, worthy, first of all, for the thing that we do here, and then secondly, are obedient. We have to imitate Christ in this. We have to have ears that are open to obedience, to hear the word of God. Because we could gather in any sort of way that we choose, and decide to do it in any way that we want. But if it is disobedient, if it's just an expression of our interior, well, first of all, how do we know our interior is correct? How do we know that it is pleasing to God? Maybe, maybe not. Secondly, I can tell you this, disobedience, whether from the faithful 
or from priest is always, always, without exception, displeasing to God. There's no question about that. St. Alphonsus Liguri says that without the moral virtue of obedience, charity, divine love, cannot long persist in the soul. It's very important that we get this fundamental question right about the liturgy. We may have a very high taste for music in the liturgy, and because we have high taste, we like orchestral masses. Wonderful. There was a time in the church where they used masses for operas, and there was nothing fitting nor obedient about it. And all these years later, we're still kind of dealing with the same problems. Everyone trying to insert themselves without first properly being formed in what it is that we're doing, coming to determinations of the way we like things and the way we want things, but shutting our ears to the church to all of her documents, to her teachings on the liturgy. And in this we lose sight of our very purpose. Now, not all is lost. Even when you're disobedient or unfaithful, stubborn and deciding you're going to do whatever it is that you want, even when I'm disobedient and unfaithful and stubborn, and just want to do what I want. Because this is the sacrifice of Jesus, because it is Jesus who is offered, because it is Jesus who is offering, the Mass is pleasing to God and salutary for us. One an abundant generosity from our Lord to give us this gift. But if we want to enter into it deeply, brothers and sisters, we have to, each of us, take a step back and ask ourselves if we understand what this is and if we've actually listened to the church on how we ought to be going about it. In that we will increase our enjoyment of the fruits of the holy sacrifice of the Mass and enter into the imitation of the obedience of Christ. And then our interior sacrifice, joined to His, will be pleasing to the Father. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.